his safety he owed to Toussaint, who, with inexpressible joy, saw Bayou among the Negroes at a moment when a white skin ensured instant death. Happy the slave owner who, in such a crisis, has in his gang one who, like Toussaint, is a man and a Christian indeed. Hang exerted every power to protect his mistress, assist his niter, and defend the property, and seeing the insurrection becoming, on dots stuntled more formidable, exhausted also by fatigue, Toussaint at length induced Madame de Bayou, whose life he knrw wedge in danger, to quit Breda, and proceed to the Cape. In trifobins of her hatband he got the carriage ready, loaded it with RDLS of value, placed his mistress therein, and conned her to the care of his younger brother, Paul. Nor was this tin only Enrio rendered to the family by their noble slave. One of the viral nai which he made of the influence he acquired was to enable them to emigrate. While every white man and all he possessed were devoted to destruction, Bayou, with his family and a rich cargo, left Haiti and settled at Baltimore, in the United States. Continued collision of the planters, the mulattoes, and the Negroes the planters willing to receive English aid the Negroes espoused the cause of Louis XVI. Arrival of commissioners from France negotiations resumption of hostilities to Saint Gaines influence. The direful efficiency with which the Negroes had devastated the country indicated the presence among them of a skill superior to any they could possess. That skill was supplied by mulattoes, who organized the destroying bands, and directed their movements. The bastard and degenerate race thus struck a deadly blow at their criminal parents. During the progress of these furious excesses, a new General Assembly asterisk of planters opened its sessions, under the title of Colonial Assembly. Its first act was an act of rebellion. Refusing to apply to France for aid, and having taken measures of self-defense, it sought protection from England. These were the terms it employed in a letter addressed to the Governor of Jamaica, at Cap Francois, August 24, 1791. The General Assembly of the French part of Saint Domingo, deeply affected by the calamities which desolate Saint Domingo, has resolved to send a deputation to Your Excellency, in order to place before you a picture of the misfortunes which have fallen on this beautiful island, fire lays waste our possessions. The hands of our Negroes in arms are already dyed with the blood of our brethren. Very prompt assistance is necessary to save the wreck of our fortunes, already half destroyed, and, confined within the towns, we look dot for your aid. Without awaiting a reply, the General Assembly adopted the round English hat as a uniform of its troops, and substituted the black cockade for the French national colors. The reply of the governor, Lord Effingham, did not come up to the expectations of the planters, he merely sent 500 muskets, with some ammunition, and commanded a vessel of 50 guns to cruise off the western coast. Meanwhile the black insurgents, after augmenting their numbers by force as well as persuasion, placed themselves under the standard of royalty, they gave themselves the name of the king's own, and their leader, Jean-Francois, assumed the title of High Admiral, 
while his second-in-command became Generalissimo of the conquered territories. Summoned to yield by Blainland, governor of French Haiti, they replied, Sir, we have never thought of failing in the asterisk duty and respect WWH we owe to their presentative of the person of the king, nor even to any of his servants whatever, we have proofs of the fact in our hands, but do you, who are a just man, as well as a general, pay us a visit, behold this land which we have watered with our sweat, or, rather, with our blood, those edifices which we have raised, and that in the hope of a duty reward. Have we obtained it? The king are the whole world has bewailed our lot, and broken our chains, while, on our part, we, humble victims, were ready for anything, not wishing to abandon our masters. What do we say? We are me taken, those who, next to God, should have proved our fathers, have been tyrants, monsters unworthy of the fruits of our labors, and do you, brave general, desire that as sheep we should throw ourselves into the jaws of the wolf? No. It is too late. God, who fights for the innocent, is our guide, he will never abandon us. Accordingly, this is our motto, death or victory. In order to prove to you, excellent sir, that we are not so cruel as you may think, we, with all our souls, wish for peace, but on condition that all the whites, whether of the plain or of the mountains, shall quit the cape without a single exception. Let them carry with them their gold and their Jew. Else, we seek only liberty, dear and precious object I this, general, is our profession of faith, and this profession we will maintain to the last drop of our blood. We do not lack powder and cannons. Therefore, liberty or death. God grant that we may obtain freedom without the effusion of blood I then all our desires will be accomplished, and believe it has cost our feelings very much to have taken this course. Victory or death for freedom I this assumption of the part of Louis XVI. Astounded and perplexed the planters. The fact, however, was only too plain. By means of the Spaniards of Haiti, the counter-revolutionary party in France gave secret support to the insurgents, if they did not also call them forth, and, in order to impart feasibility and vigor to the movement, they gave out that the king's life had been put in danger by the whites, because he had asterisk resolved to emancipate the blacks. Strange reversals. While the colonists hoisted English colors, their slaves exhibited the white flag, with the words on one side, long live the king, and, on the other, the ancient system of government. The insurrection proceeded, the Negroes carried their arms from place to place, and, subduing all the open country, reduced the colonists to the defensive. As the contest went on, horrors multiplied. The planters hung on trees and hedges the dead bodies of their black prisoners, the insurgents formed around their camp an enclosure marked by the bleeding heads of those who fell under their hands. The fury of the Negroes was stimulated by unworthy priests, 
but even religion was powerless when it endeavored to place a barrier against tumultuous passion. A priest was hung on the spot for the crime of trying to protect innocent women from brutal violation. The superior discipline at the command of the colonists, however, began to prevail. The Negroes were checked and driven back. Their bands were directed by three chiefs, Jean-Francois, Biasu, and Jeanot. Jean-Francois belonged to a colonist of the name of Papillon. A young Creole of good exterior, he had not been able to bear the yoke of slavery, though he had no special cause of complaint against his master, he had, long before the revolution, obtained his liberty. Flying from the plantation, he joined the Maroons, or black fugitives, who wandered at large in the refuge of the mountains.